Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Roberta, we can't forget to talk about Gilded Age because I know you're watching. That's my one. I love it. I I was like not putting it in the rundown, but it feels like it deserves a slot. It's so good. It was... I only just started. No, Monday. We'll talk about it. Oh, you started it? I only watched first episode. (gasps) Wow. Okay. Are you ready? Rachel, I heard a joke this weekend. What do you call a royal with no shins? No shins? No shins. I have no idea, Roberta. Tony. Tony. (laughs) (laughs) That's just to wake us up and brighten the mood because it is a dull gray morning this morning. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, we love, love hearing from our listeners. So email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. Rachel, what is on tap for today? Honestly, Roberta, I feel like everything is overshadowed by the Queen's health news. I know know. you and I are incredibly concerned and worried, uh, but we will be talking about that. Also, Charles Cash for honor scandal. I feel like the Queen cannot catch a break with her sons between her, him and Andrew. Uh, Harry and Meghan were spotted on a double date. Kate is in Denmark. The Cambridges are heading to Wales. There is just so much, as per usual, to talk about. You're so right, though. I feel like it all is overshadowed by this anxiety about the Queen and her yeah. health and how scary it is right now because I feel like we aren't being told the full story. So it is. But then this- I want to get into this because we're also being told more than I thought we would. But yeah, yeah there's a lot, to, a lot to unpack. All right. Well, before we get into it... And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Today we are sipping Volley tequila, which is a uh, tequila seltzer, a clean seltzer brand. And it's delicious. It's It's so good. It's also like one and done. I think I'm a huge fan because I'm not the best. I know you're a professional mixologist, Roberta. (laughs) (laughs) I am not very skilled in that department. And so this just kind of is, you know, you crack the can open and you're good to go. And it's it's really nice. It's totally easy. And it's it's like, um, it's supposed to be healthier for you. And I love a good like I love a good Paloma or a margarita. What so flavor did you of try? Of this grapefruit, Ooh. I think, was the flavor. Yeah, but they have really interesting ones. There's ones with um, orange juice and stuff. So yeah, I did zesty lime, and it really was There's a, a nice spicy ginger too, which is good. Feels like summer um, in a can. I'm on yeah. board. But while we're sipping, we're going to talk about this listener email from Elaine. She said, Royal Roberta and Regal Rachel. That always oh, gives, I just love the that. Title. I love <laughs> when people do that, it's kind of silly and fun. Uh, so, so excited for the Jubilee this year. LOL. <laughs> and I have to admit, I'm already looking forward to another upcoming date, May 27th, 2024. What happens on that day? Why our queen will have been on the throne for 72 years, 111 days. And she will become the longest reigning monarch of a sovereign state in history, passing Louis Fourteenth. I mean, just that snippet alone from this is, you know, I fingers crossed. I, I do like that there's like a goal beyond just the Jubilee. Like there's something more to look forward to. So I'm fingers crossed. Yeah, that she'll make it. I hope. Yeah, gosh, that would be just um, incredible. She will, I hope, live forever. But we have more on that coming up with what's going on. But the other little side note that Elaine included, I'm off to prep a Valentine craft for my son's school on Monday. I get to help out too, Rachel. I've been waiting all year for them to let me in. I simply had to share that little fun <laughs> fact with you both. I love that all the like parent listeners are just very excited about 
relaxing of restrictions and getting back yeah. in the classroom. I, I have a question for Elaine. Did your child ignore you too? Because that was, as I ex- explained my experience. <laughs> so <Anyways>. unexpected. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. All right. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We're flashing back to February 24th, 1981, which is the date that Diana and Charles announced their engagement after a short six months, only 13 meetings, and only three years after they first laid eyes on each other. I know, so, so fast. I just realized, Rachel, I feel like we just talked about Camilla and Charles being engaged, Mm -hmm. getting engaged, and it's weird to me that they had this date so close to one another. What was the date of Camilla and Charles' engagement announcement? It was mid-February. We talked about it like two weeks ago. Oh, you're right. I mean, obviously, I remember that. We talked about it on the podcast. But I think that that's weird for Charles to plan it around the same time. I don't that know. Is... Would you want a like, distinct anniversary? Yeah. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons to be drawn. I totally agree with yeah. you. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is that famous clip from their engagement interview. So we're going to play that real quick. Can you find the words to sum up how you feel today, both of you? Difficult to find that mm. sort of word, isn't it, really? Just delighted and, and happy. And I, I, I'm amazed that she's uh, been brave enough to take me on. <laughs> and I suppose in love. Of course. <laughs> Whatever in love means. <laughs> Well, it obviously means, uh, obviously means two very happy people. Yeah, we've heard it a thousand times at this point with the crowd and all that stuff, that engagement interview, but it is always just so cringy. <laughs> and to think he's like, what, you're, it's up to your own interpretation. That's what he adds on at the end. Engagement interviews, we've talked about this too, are also just in general weird. Like the fact that the oh, royals so have to do weird. that. Like it's, they're so weird, but I think... Like, if you're going to put on a show, put on a show. Put on a show. I think what is weird is that up until that point, they do seem yeah. so in love. They're prepared and so for the questions tale. also, too. Yeah, and he's, like, has this, like, press training that you that yeah. comes through so easily. Yeah. And, like, the index finger stroking. But then that's where the cracks really start to appear, I think, is right when he's, like, whatever that means. Yeah, if and you can't like, answer that oh. question, that's such a softball question that I think it that was, Totally. Yeah. There's also, weirdly, a lot of sexism in the interview that I just I after watching it like you know we've watched it like a dozen times now I feel like it, these things kind of stick with you where the interviewer says you were a nanny how does it feel to know you'll one day be queen and like kind of mm. belittles her a little bit with the kindergarten nursery teacher yeah, line puts it down. and then he also yeah and then he also says oh Lady Diana's father this morning said he thought she would make a very good housewife and it's like I don't know that that feels like yes he might have said that and that's a little bit weird from her father but it's just I think that the time and age was very different as well, too. Yeah, I feel like it's fascinating just the all the family members that I think her uncle did too, like talk to the media about her virginal mm-hmm. status, confirming mm-hmm. that she was, you know, pure for Charles. And that aspect of it is, you know, the fact that the queen really, it was like, can she bear children? What is her past to really avoid scandal? And yeah, look, what happened. look how that up. worked out. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, I exactly. mean, in general, just the, the aspect of that being even a part of the media coverage is really sick. Yeah. I, I have this weird thing, though, where it's like that was 40 years ago. But 40 years ago, Roberta. That, but I think when someone says 20 years ago, I think it's the 80s. Like, I, that's how I feel too. in 2000, the year 2000. Like, Any it's just time like 10 years ago in the 90s. The 80s. Yeah. I, I think that it's just 20, 20 years ago. If 40 years ago. Oh, now I'm depressed. <laughs> 
But we do know the reaction. This is the last thing I'll say because this history is dragging on longer, but I do love the history. But Me too. They were actually engaged three weeks earlier on February 3rd, and he asked her at a private dinner at Buckingham Palace, and Diana actually revealed uh, some of what happened, what went down in her recordings with Andrew Morton. So we're going to play that clip as well. The next day I went to Windsor. I arrived about sort of five o'clock. He sat me down, he said, will you marry me? And I laughed. I remember thinking, this is a joke. I asked, yeah, okay. And he was deadly serious. He said, you do realize just one day you'll be queen. A voice said to me inside, you won't be queen, but you'll have a tough row. So I thought to myself, okay. So I said, yes. Then I said, I love you so much, I love you so much. And he said, whatever love means. I said it then. So I thought that was great. I thought he meant that. And she says Windsor. So maybe I, I said Buckingham, but I think it was Windsor Castle because that's what she says. But we do need to say an unhonorable mention this week because usually we do these honorable mention history blurbs what else happened we need like a whole other section rachel that's like what else happened this week well, there's, but been this so, there's so much history at the beginning of the year for the royals it's hard to pick and choose but there's yeah. so much especially coming up to in the spring but anyway so prince andrew will it did turn 62 this week on february 19th radio silence from the royal family appropriate very for appropriate once. yeah for once it feels like this was the right move although i did read somewhere that there were flowers and cards delivered to the royal lodge there's also a nursery rhyme going around the, the palace. Have you heard about this? No. It's, the Times revealed that there's a nursery rhyme that's going around within palace walls that says, the grand old Duke of York, he had 12 million quid. He gave it to someone he'd never met for something he never did. That's the Wait, nursery rhyme. Yes, that the courtiers, I guess, are saying, or someone within palace walls has like, circulated this and the Times found out. Yeah. And then I also, I, I didn't realize this, but that that part of the settlement doesn't include, the, there's no NDA. And, oh, but I there, read that. Yes. There's an extension of when she can, she's, Virginia Jeffrey is not allowed to talk to the press until after the Jubilee this year. After the Jubilee. It's but there's no NDA. Preservation of the Jubilee. And he can't deny what she says. That's part of it, too. He's not allowed to say anymore that he denies her claims. So, so that's a massive win. That's something that's definitely going to loom large over the family for after. Post-Jubilee, I feel like the, you know, the come down from that is going to be really interesting because a lot, I mean, I feel like she could talk, yeah, talk about she wants. how much he will never have a return. Okay, what have the royals been right, up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> Kicking it off with Charles and this cash for honors scandal that continues to plague his legacy, identity, current status. It's the Michael yeah. Fawcett fallout. Uh, but the Met police are officially launching a criminal investigation and Charles will likely be called upon to testify. Is that the right word? To give an yeah. account of what happened in that. And that's where the CBA, CBE was given in 2016 to a Saudi billionaire who gave uh, one and a half million pounds to the Prince's Foundation. And this, apparently the money went to a lot of Charles's pet projects. So 
I guess it all comes down to if you think Charles was privy to this negotiation, if Michael Fawcett was acting on his own or not. And I just can't think – I just don't think he would be completely an island acting on his well, own. Well, because also Michael Fawcett, we've talked about this behind. before, has been a part of Charles's, you know, an inner circle for almost 40 years, I think it was. And I still yeah. think that it's lose-lose for Charles because – if he did know, then he's lying and it's a scandal and it's illegal. But if he didn't know, isn't he just like a really bad leader? Yes. Oh, totally. So I don't damned know. if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Okay. Kate in Denmark today and yesterday. She looks like she's having a ball. She's had amazing outfits so far. Such a range. For yes. Playing with kids and jeans to uh, a coat dress by Catherine Walker today, meeting with Queen Margreta and Crown Princess Mary, who I get such like twin vibes from yes. them when they're together they're st- they even look pretty similar and they're a decade apart in age is that right yes so 40 and 50 there's so, so many similarities them. Yeah. but i i have to say the the one thing that i keep replaying in for anyone that watched bridget jones diary <laughs> i recently watched it over the weekend i had it on in the background i love that movie and there's a scene where they replay over and over this media clip and because when she kind of botches it on live TV and I'm not saying that Kate botched it, but that slide moment where I definitely feel like she was such a good sport going down the slide at the childhood mm-hmm. center, but probably wasn't didn't realize how slick that slide was because there are kids slides that are out. slick and there are slides that are slow. And it's just the best ever clip to watch because she did wear pants. I'm sure that was yeah. a consideration. She knew she was going down that slide, but dang, that was fast. She flew out of there like a bat nail. Yeah, she. Uh, I think she said to the reporters, "Like, thank God he stood so far back because <laughs> they were like in danger of being hit by her six-inch stilettos coming out of that." I so know, good for her for holding on to both her shoes. It too. was also just I, like a real genuine surprise so, reaction at the end. She's like so oh. graceful. Like I just think like at her height too to be so like. I don't know. I just I was in awe. I, I watched and the Queen. You think too. back, like, would the Queen have ever done a move like that? Like, I think Diana would, but I don't know. I just I, I think Diana those, totally would have. I love totally. those moments. All right, m- more about the Cambridges. They are going to Wales March first for St David's Day. St David is the patron saint of Wales, and they're set to visit a goat farm. So animal cuddling Ooh. will likely happen as is far for the cute. course with goat the Cambridges. Yoga? Yeah. And then a youth center. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of great footage and that is happening. Gosh, it's already almost March 1st. So next week, something yeah. more to look forward to. And then they also have a match this weekend, rugby match. And it is the battle of the Cambridges because it's Will, William and Kate's wills. I feel like so casual. Wills. Prince William and Kate's patronage. You can call him England wills and Wales rugby. I guess I could. And I hope we see George. That would be amazing to see him at this so wait, Six Nations game. They're both it's on watching the games are on head to head kind of a thing, or they're they're pro- playing each oh, other. Oh, they're playing against each other. Yeah, I need really explicit. So who's George going to side with? I mean, I guess he has to wear England, right? He has to. Yeah, yeah. I just want Mike Tyndall there to give us like I want him to almost like have his eyes on William and Kate and just make like he's so great at and then, sort like, of spill the trashing tea. his cousins in yes. good fun like I think it would be yes. really great but on his podcast like, don't you hope to like my hope is that George isn't in a suit I hope he's I in something more comfortable for a little kid at a game yeah I hope he's actually like in full face paint I yeah. hope he goes <laughs> All the way. All the merch decked <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, okay. Last up. And these were not photos that are great. To, I mean, they were paparazzi photos. 
but we did get a glimpse. It's all over social media of Megan and Harry on a double date with Jack and Eugenie. And it's from this past weekend. They were out in Santa Barbara. So are Jack and Eugenie still in town, Roberta? It seems like it. Her thing was Thursday of last week, her art fair. So I think that that so maybe weekend sense. is, you know, no one knows the exact but, date. Uh, you know what? I, I was just reading that this might be Lilibet's christening. I've seen some of that, that that was some of the predictions of why they're there. So I don't know. Will this come out? I mean, that would be nice because I think there's, I mean, we're going to get into it later, but there's really no hope of them going over anytime soon as far as security concerns. Those photos, they look so damn happy, Roberta, at the dinner table. I just want to know what restaurant. I wanted to look at the menu so bad. That was like my one thing was I wanted to just put that star that place on my Google map. The shoulder drape. Do you remember um, Mm -hmm. one of our old bosses at, wow would always have the shoulder drape and it was always yes. just like goals for me when I started I was like oh I've never done that style choice and so it just looks so chic yeah I know and they do look like they're having such a fun double d and then like the pictures are from far away and I feel like you know the kids aren't there so it's it's like kind of okay and it just makes you feel so happy to see Megan again so I feel like a lot of genuine laughter that it yes. appears yeah radiates yes. from that table yeah all right, let's On get into the, the flip side. This is not, <laughs> I feel like that's like very bright and fun. And opposite this is the of opposite. Genuine laughter, yeah. Okay, the queen and COVID. So Charles is, of course, better, by the way. Like he's back out. It's been a week. Uh, the I queen was back out. Yep, he had an event, a couple of surprise events this week. I think with the Cash for Honor scandal, he's trying to mm. stay, like some mm. of the events were canceled with quote unquote oh, right. Storm Eunice. So he's yeah. trying to avoid those questions. So there was a surprise visit that he had this week. But officially, the queen tested positive for COVID on Sunday. Roberta, I woke up, I rolled over and checked my phone. Just, I get my New York Times newsletter and then I saw that there was an additional alert. And when I you know, it's rare that it's royal related with those alerts. And to see that mm-hmm. my heart just sank and I had a hard time separating my Sunday from scrolling for that news. I don't know how you felt. What was your reaction? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I immediately, same thing. I was like, there's a pit in my stomach because I, I also was like, damn it, Charles, because yeah. I do blame <laughs> him. And I feel like, because we heard like, oh, he saw her on Tuesday and he tested positive Thursday. So it was a few days, but it's like, I don't know. They say, I think what from Clarence, this is my theory is that what's coming out of Clarence house is that a lot of members of the queen's staff are also testing positive. So it could, it could have. Well, I think it's also fascinating that it's in tandem with the UK relaxing restrictions and everything. Yeah. And we can talk about that. But one thing that was a, not a bright spot, that's the wrong word, but it was more information that we previously had that the, the palace did confirm that the queen has received all three shots of the vaccine. So that really, from what I read in coverage, obviously we're very concerned, but that does really, really help her odds of getting through even at the age Mm -hmm. of almost 96. So, and that she would, the plan is that she'll continue with light duties at Windsor this week. That made me feel good. We saw her sort of doing that. We saw a virtual engagement, but then it made me panic again when the virtual engagements were canceled and she's suffering from mild cold-like symptoms continuing. And the palace said there's not cause for alarm, but they are, I forget the wording, the exact wording they use. It was like, we're not on high, we're not like on level red, but we are like, there is like a very strong sense of like, we need to all hands on deck for her to get better. I just am curious how this happened. Yeah. 
I, I just feel like, how did she get sick? Like, how did they let this happen? There's that's so how many I people feel. working to not have this happen. That's how I feel. And that's where I'm just like, but then I look at all the unmasked events and I get it. Like the UK is relaxing yeah. restrictions and the royals have always followed the guidance of the government through all of this stuff. But it's like, she's such a unique situation. Preserve that bubble. It's scary. And and then you get what happened yesterday, Roberta, the hoax. Did you see this? I, I mean, there was a news outlet that reported that the queen was dead. I saw reactions to the hoax, but I didn't see the actual hoax. So what was it? Somebody posted that she had died? Yeah, let me, sorry, I, I should have wrote, I don't even, actually, I don't even want to give them credit on this. I don't no, want to say the name no, of the publication, but some like no, random, not the BBC, not anyone reputable posted that the queen had died and that she was found mm-hmm. while she was getting ready to attend the wedding of Edward Enfill from Vogue, which also like everything about the story made wait, what? zero, wait, 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 wait. zero, zero Say sense. Say that again? I'm so confused. So in the story, it said that the queen was found dead while she was getting ready to attend the wedding of Edward Enfill from Vogue. Oh. Which like that was where the first red flag, I'm like that. She has COVID. She's hunkered down. That would not be happening. But also the right. queen doesn't okay, casually okay. attend celebrity weddings ever. Like that's never been yes. her thing. So Correct. I think that that was, there were many red flags and I, but it still led me to stop in my tracks and continue refreshing all of these reputable websites. I still feel like I'm doing that now. Like I am oh, yeah. on pins and needles about well, it. Well, and I think that it made me really, I was feeling more confident because I think that the palace in the past has shared things about the queen's health when they don't have to only when they feel like they're in a confident position to keep the palace, the public informed. But then the news that virtual engagements yesterday were canceled, I'm sitting there being like, well, it's virtual. Like you're not really going to see these mild symptoms made me feel like it was more severe. And then this Mm -hmm. hoax breaks. I kept refreshing until I saw Omid posted and I, I screenshotted Omid's post. I could, um, reference it but i needed it for just yeah that's it was what a, i saw it was an that's ig story yeah. and he just said no that now trending rumor that started on instagram is not true and then i was like okay i'm gonna put my phone away for the night take a deep breath but not okay no not okay i think what's worrying is like when we had these health scares back in october and she stayed in the hospital a night i do think you know we weren't really told until after the fact so i get why why my anxiety levels are so high because I feel like there's a lot that's not it's it just and I think rightly so with the queen like health matters are private but yeah in this instance when it's COVID and I think we're all just so on edge with her being 95 and the future of the monarchy I think that there would there should be more there's so much um, pressure on her and I think that the problem with COVID is we know that she's still currently positive, or at least we're assuming so based on the timing of the statement. And I think from just personal experiences, we know there's not a lot of predicting that you can do with this particular illness and her age, but thank God she's triple vaxxed. Do you think if we, if there was, if it was definitely a dire situation, do you think we'd see Harry immediately? I don't know. I mean, that's a great segue into the next story. Yeah. That Eugenie wouldn't be, I mean, I, I think they would know, right. And they're, they're kind of, well, even just the California. fact that the Cambridges are continuing to post about Denmark, there's like a lot of business as usual stuff going on. And even the queen, like she shared a congratulatory message to the curling yes. team for the Olympics, condolences to Brazil. Like she's definitely making her presence known. So like I said, I, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a, I, I do think like other Royals actions are like a barometer for what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the best 
we can hope doesn't for is that we can judge worry. it by that. No, yeah. it does not. It does not. You will be my first text, of course, Roberta, for anything. Oh my gosh. I just will. I'll just call you for support and emotional support because I'm so stressed about it. It's really overshadowed since Sunday. I just stayed in bed texting you Sunday morning, just like <laughs> trying to sort through all I'm the like, news. sorry for texting you at 7 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Not appropriate, but I'm doing <laughs> it anyway. Sunday. No, that's okay. I was probably already watching yeah. The Gilded Age because we have to mention that, that we love The Gilded Age oh, yes, so much. We didn't and I'm talk so glad so many of our listeners do too. We should just talk about Quick it right now. sidebar. Yeah. So you started it when? I started it over the weekend. I was really um, in between my Bridget Jones viewing. I was like, let's throw it. <laughs> I didn't realize the first episode was an hour and a half. But it's, it's so wonderful. Yeah. But the rest are like 45, I think. And I, I love it. I'm totally hooked. I Meryl started Streep's a couple weeks daughter. ago. What a family of talent. Oh, my gosh. And like Carrie Coon, Danae Benton. I mean, they're all incredible. So I I think if you if you love Downton Abbey, you should give it a shot. Yeah, I'm already hooked on every plot line. So in one episode. So <laughs> quick PSA added to your viewing right. schedule. That was like a, that was a palate cleanser. All right. And then our second royal news story of the week, we have this Harry security hearing that happened on Friday. So there was a legal challenge heard from Prince Harry's lawyer, Shahid Fatima, seeking to overturn the British Home Office's decision. That means he's not able to fund his own security staff when he visits. He's not able to fund the government's. Yeah. He's not able to pay for police protection. That's the big difference here. That and I that's feel what like- he wants, is to have access to their intel that will yes. aid his, his own security team and also right. permission to carry weapons, which they don't have, a gun. Right, specifically. right. So he's saying his whole argument is that, yes, he could hire, like, you know, XYZ private security firm, bring his own bodyguards. He could bring him from the U.S. He could hire him in the U.K. But that just doesn't cut it as far as he's concerned because they don't have the adequate jurisdiction. Yeah, like you said, they can't bring guns. They don't have UK intelligence information. It's just, but what the government is saying, and I hear them too, their side is that this is just a huge waste of their time because these services aren't for hire. You cannot physically, mm-hmm. I because then it would mean that I could walk in and be like, hey, I'd like to have four Metropolitan Police with me. You know if what you I mean? Like you can't, money, yeah. you can't do that. So yeah. Yeah, if I had enough money, right. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that. I mean, basically, I was more saying if, if anyone could pay for it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But it is it is interesting because you look at it like the Met Police did give him police protection for Prince Philip's funeral. Mm-hmm. But that was a high risk event. And then mm-hmm. but they didn't give it when he was there for the Diana statue unveiling. Mm-hmm. And which I is think- when he was chased after the Well Child Awards and which really caused his concern. And this is where that all stems from. So And Harry's argument is that if he did have the Met Police support, then he would have a motorcade that is helping, allowing him to run red lights and get yeah. swiftly through and having that get additional from, yeah. boundary versus mm-hmm. having to just follow the rules of the road and with his own mm-hmm. security team. Mm-hmm. It's very, very complex. But I, I hear what you're saying where you can't buy Met Police. It's very, it's very complicated. You can't. And I think that like that's why the the Queen's council, the um, government's lawyers are saying you know, this isn't even it, they called the case unmeritable. Like this isn't even worth our time on this because we cannot physically like say, oh, yeah, give us a hundred dollars. And like, here's a ple-. like we, we don't let 
Metropolitan Police be hired. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how do we keep I Harry think, safe? Like, I, I know, think that that's, that's the, the thing. number one priority. That's the number one priority. And now he can't, I mean, the reports are saying he can't go over for Prince Philip's service of Thanksgiving, March 29th, because of the security issues. When are they going to see the Queen next? I feel like that's a major concern. When If they can go to the Jubilee celebrations. Yeah, Jubilee. because I wouldn't feel good about it if I knew the risk, the threats against not just yeah. him, but Meghan. And, it's, you know, it's not safe and there needs to be some sort of resolution on this. But at the same time, it does seem like they're in a rock and a hard place with this unless they overhaul the whole protocol for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And my feeling is that the queen needs to step in and say he deserves taxpayer taxpayer funded security when he is here. Regardless of if he's a working royal, he's a, a grandson of the crown. He is, you know, uh, he still visiting charities that are based in the UK you know, the UK is and always will be his home. That's what his lawyer said in her statement. So I just think um, someone needs to step in and the government needs to give him that added level of security because God forbid, I mean, this is a PR play at the end of the day. His lawyers are bringing this case. They know that you can't pay. They obviously know that, but I think that they want the attention on this so that God forbid anything happens. You can't say, you have to say that you did everything in your power to protect them. Absolutely. Oh. And then he renewed his lease on Frogmore, so we can't forget that. He definitely obviously wants to be over there, and the lease was set to expire at the end of the at the end of March. So not only does he need Frogmore to be able to have a home base when he's there, but also because he is still a counselor of state. He's one of those four counselors of state, and the rule is that they have to be domiciled in the UK. So he has to have a uh, UK address in order to remain that way. That's reason enough for me, I would think, as if I were a British taxpayer, to have him get state-funded security. I mean, but they're still paying I'm for not, Prince so. Andrew's security. Know, Private hard. citizen Prince Andrew still gets security funding. So right, and this. I mean, I know that's on the light. discussion block, but yeah, and I think it's gonna. That's the thing that the government and the royal family don't want this shedding light on who actually is getting. Yeah. State-funded security. That's Which also I mean, is, yeah, you got to keep that under lock. That's the whole point of security right. and keeping it, you know. Need And, I mean, just, that's just scratching the surface, Rachel. I mean, they may be paying for this settlement with Virginia Dufresne. Gosh. We don't know where the money is all coming from. So, anyways. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is just a funny low that the Queen released a luxury dog fragrance. Rachel, you you were the one that scouted this. The Happy Hounds Dog Cologne is supposedly a pup-friendly perfume. Why do dogs need perfume? <laughs> I don't know if dog really stinks, off. but yeah. then give them a bath. <laughs> I mean, Daisy doesn't smell great, but I would never make her I would never spritz her with this, but yeah. it's sold for ten pounds. It's thir- so thirteen dollars in the gift shop of the Sandringham Estate in Norfolk. Smells of coastal walks and is described as a rich, musky scent with citrus notes of bergamot. Feels like a not not necessity. I just hope James Middleton was consulted. <laughs> I don't think he was. I don't think Damn he would it. condone this. <laughs> I don't think he would condone this. I would love to hear from him though about it. Fascinating. Milo, I, I honestly was like, there's no greater low than that hoax for me. I think it just really ruined my week. And I, I know we already talked about it, but that is my low. 
I kind of feel like we'll keep seeing more of it, although the British press would never. This was an American publication, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was just a rando blog. And I think that it's just sick. Like, it really, really, I'm not ready ever to see that headline. And I think that to have it as a joke just really was not But cool. is it a joke or does this person actually believe? They're standing by their story. They're saying I have it on Credible, but... I'm not going to... There's no credibility to this publication. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, even like the context and the surrounding facts are just bizarre too. It's not true till the BBC tells us it's true, is my opinion. Right, right. Um, Megan's Giorgio Armani black lotus flower dress that she wore for the Oprah interview, that famous dress, that famous shot of her, I feel like with the green background sitting across from Oprah, I just feel like that's like seared into our memory. But that dress is dress of the year for 2021, which I thought was kind of cool. I didn't even know there was a dress of the year, but it's going to be displayed at the Fashion Museum in Bath. And it is the final item in the headline exhibition, which is called A History of Fashion in 100 Objects, which does sound like an incredibly cool exhibition that I would love to go see. Who determined the dress of the year? Was it just the, was it the fashion museum? There was a team. There was a team of two people, both in media. And I, I don't remember their names at the top of my head, but they... Um, the quote that they had was really... I, I thought this was smart. It said... In today's hyper-stylized pop culture, the dress of the year has the potential to also be the meme of the year. And we both latched on Meghan and Harry's iconic interview with Oprah as the definitive anti-establishment moment that will forever endure in the British collective consciousness. This look now, through sheer association with a viral television moment, is firmly ingrained in our pop culture psyche. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, And I definitely. actually didn't really like the dress at first, but reading more about the lotus flower and the symbolism, it's rebirth, self-regeneration, the ability to flourish despite seemingly challenging conditions. I felt like that made it powerful. So that was that was my high. I have a long Fascinating. Fascinating. I love that. Time. I always think of her black eye makeup. That was, yes, that's also iconic from that interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my high of the week is just the additional glimpses behind the scene filming of The Crown. Olivia Williams as Camilla, just spot on, Roberta. They are nailing this casting. And it just makes me so excited for season five, which we have to wait till November, but we're cruising along to March. So I just opened this link and she, it's so good. That the hair. coat too. The, the hair. hair. I know. Everyone Google it if you haven't. The watch, the little tiny bracelet And we already watch. know like season five is going to be totally explosive. So that's just my high. All these snippets. I feel like these are planted snippets, even though they're not quote unquote official photos. It just gets us so excited. So, well, I cannot wait for the crown. November does feel so far away, though, but I'm glad we have these images. All right, Rachel, we got through it. The queen with COVID, a depressing episode to say the least. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating, five stars, pretty, pretty please. So many reviews on there. We love reading them. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can send us an email, info at gallerypodcasts.com. Until next week, God God save save the pod. Her majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.